Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. Hot damn, girl, it's been a while. It has. <laughs> What's up? You sound like a human for the first time in, like, months on this I podcast. I know! I have my voice back. There's going to be very little, if any, coughing to be edited out. That's so nice. My apologies to any of you who listened to the holiday special and had to deal with me hacking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Life has been very hard and has culminated in this moment where I'm in what will eventually be my podcasting closet. With a desk that is much too big. (laughs) (laughs) So I am literally sandwiched between the wall and my desk. You are. It's really glamorous. You should all start amateur podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm in Icetown. It's literal negative 15 degrees out. (laughs) And I have no insulation. It's super casual. No one's going to get hypothermia and no one is going to be, no one's going to die because they were pinned in a closet. Right. That's the goal of this podcast. We're both making very safe choices. (laughs) (laughs) But it's worth it because we have maybe our most exciting, second most exciting episode of the year. Yeah, it's a hate watch holiday, y'all. It is. I was thinking it was our most exciting, but that's definitely Eurovision. Yeah, Eurovision's definitely the best hate watch holiday of the year. But this one is special to us, too. So this week, we are going to be celebrating Pilot Palooza. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's the appropriate reaction. Uh, if any of you were around in the winter of 2017, when we posted our first episode, our first episode was Pilot Palooza. Also, shouts if you were around since our first episode, because that is a lot of content to listen to. <laughs> it's a lot of content, but really, that that's a lot of journey that you've been on with us. <laughs> sure is. Had to survive Zencaster. Oh, Remember that time? Yeah, I do. So many things you've been through with us. Oh. Anywho, Kelsey, toss into you. Tell me about Pilot Palooza. Pilot Palooza was this genius idea that someone came up with, and... (laughs) (laughs) Someone, definitely not Kelsey. (laughs) Definitely not. Uh, But someone really smart and talented. (laughs) A very stable genius, one might say. (laughs) So on Pilot Palooza, we each come up with a handful of shows that we've missed somehow. We've never seen an episode of, and... We've heard other people we respect talk about. So we listen to like podcasts and read top 10 of the year lists and all that fun stuff. And we come up with a list of shows that neither of us has seen that we want to learn more about. And it's a good exercise in being open-minded or being forced to be (laughs) open-minded. And we put all the names in a hat and then we choose six of them at random to watch. And... The first time we did this, we did it all in one day, so it was really aggressive. Mm -hmm. We were able to kind of watch at our own pace this year, but we did pretty much just crush six episodes of television in the last week or so, and it's been fun. That's part of why we missed an episode last week. 
It was 50% our lives are dumpster fires, and 50% we decided to watch all pilots that were 50 plus minutes. (laughs) Fuck off, HBO. Fuck (laughs) off, HBO. But we'll get there. We'll get Um, there. Do you want to do a little tiny retrospective of last year's Pilot Palooza? Yeah, so last year was a very important Pilot Palooza, not just because it was our first episode, but because it actually gave us some of the most important shows that we have with us now. It changed our lives. It did, and there was some content that came to us after Pilot Palooza as a result of shows that we fell in love with during Pilot Palooza, so it like really informed a lot of our tastes for all of 2017. So, you might have to help me fill in the gap because I don't have the list in front of me, but we watched Great British Bake Off, Jane the Virgin, Happy Endings. Uh, we watched Insecure. Insecure, Atlanta. Atlanta. And something else. (laughs) I think we were just done by that point. Well, I hated Happy Endings so much that I can't believe I would have forgotten this over Happy Endings. Oh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that we got Crazy Ex-Girlfriend from Pilot Palooza. We did. Oh, that is crazy. Wow, I feel very fondly about Pilot Palooza right now, guys. (laughs) So to recap, Great British Bake Off, Insecure, Atlanta, Jane the Virgin, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Happy Endings. That was what we watched last year. Yes. So we are now in 2018. Those were shows we that were big in 2016 that we watched in 2017. Now that we are one year later, where are you at with those six shows, my friend? Jane the Virgin changed my life. Yes. And is so special and probably made us better people. Yes, a thousand percent. I always say that it and Parks and Recreation are the pillars upon which I've built my life. Yeah. Great British Bake Off I feel just as fondly about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has impacted a lot of things that I didn't think it would. (laughs) We now do baking competitions with my boyfriend's family. We have Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry cookbooks. We just got really into baking because of it. And it exposed me to other British TV shows that I love, like Grand Designs. Mm -hmm. Also noteworthy with those two shows are I have things to talk about with my parents. Uh Uh-huh. Which is fun, because we don't normally have interests that cross paths in terms of television. (laughs) And then the other shows I have not kept watching. Okay. I'm right there with you, Jane the Virgin. Great British Bake Off, I haven't necessarily kept up with, but I have loved the time that I've spent with it. And it also, similarly, um, gave my mom and I an excuse to talk about TV in a way that we haven't always. Um, My mom's not much of a TV watcher, but... She was looking for something to watch while knitting, so I was like, oh, watch Great British Bake Off. She fucking hated it. She could not stand it. So I was like, go watch Grand Designs, because, like, people watch those two things in tandem. She loved Grand Designs, like, so much. It's her favorite thing. And now we talk about TV a lot more because, you know, we had a successful recommendation go down. Yeah. I still, I said this last year that I really wanted to watch Insecure in Atlanta. Like, I really liked those shows. And I haven't gotten back to them, which is really unfortunate, especially because of all the writing that's come out about season two of Insecure. Um, So those are still on my list to get back to. Uh, There's just too much content out there. And then I am, I'm no longer current with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I was until the week before the hiatus. And I've had a hard time getting back into the habit only because this season is 
going a very different direction than Crazy Ex-Girlfriend ever has, and, like, Mm -hmm. there's reasons for it, and it's important, and, like, I'm supportive of it. It's just not necessarily what I signed up for, so I need to, like, get myself in a headspace to deal with it. Yeah. And then I hated happy endings, so I blissfully forgot that it ever happened to me. See, that's the one I want to pick up again, because Margaret and Catherine love it, and they are my spirit animals. (laughs) Yeah, but... Catherine also liked Downward Dog, so our heroes fail us sometimes. (laughs) I'm never going to let it go. It will never die. I just want to know what's worse for you. Catherine loving Downward Dog or Matt Dollar Sites loving Everybody Loves Raymond? Oh, fuck. It's putting me in an even tighter spot than this desk right now. top betrayal of 2017 right there yeah oh god oh god i forgot that mcs loved everybody loves raymond (laughs) it's my favorite thing to bring up i just got completely distracted i like went down a rabbit hole in my own mind of like the fury of a thousand suns (laughs) all right i'm gonna bring you back it's fine let's get back to it (laughs) so the other neat thing about pilot palooza is that we limit how many notes we can take yep which just helps to keep us on track, so we're going to try not to make this the longest episode of the year. <laughs> well, yeah. No promises, but we're trying. I mean, there's no Game of Thrones this year, so there's going to be very little competition. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> uh, anyway, do you want to dive in? Okay. So let's start with show number one. Which was? Show number one was The Deuce from HBO. Show number one had my favorite fucking story of Pilot Palooza because for like three fucking days, Kelsey could not find it on HBO. I tried so hard. <laughs> it's the funniest fucking thing. I mean, so she started watching it while I was moving, so I'd be like away from my phone and I'd come back and in all caps and just be like, I can't find this fucking show. And I was like, it's on HBO. What the fuck are you doing? And I was like, is this some kind of weird marketing that I have to actually subscribe to like the Comcast package in order to get it? Like I didn't understand. One time, like the first time I tried it, I'd had like three glasses of wine and I was like, maybe this is my problem, but it was an HBO problem. And I searched and searched. And then one day it came to me that my TV has apps that have to be updated. Sure. Because it was promoting Big Little Lies since Big Little Lies was on and I didn't notice. (laughs) So who knows what other kinds of mystery content it's hiding in there that I just haven't seen. That's amazing. That's the best thing I can think of for why you haven't seen content. Because <laughs> you're an 85-year-old woman who doesn't know how to work your smart TV. <laughs> Listen, you're too scared to buy a smart TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that, that's a whole that's a whole other ball of wax. Right it's going to be a fun bonus episode for Sunday. <laughs> my unboxing episode of my smart TV. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our first video episode for Kirsty trying to find out how to shut off motion smoothing. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> no more hellfire rabbit holes. That would make me so angry. Okay. Wait, can you please get your TV when I come over to visit so we can record this? <laughs> and, like, fucking burn the thing. It would be such a nightmare. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyway, I'm afraid to buy a smart TV because I saw a TV that had motion smoothing on and it freaked me out and now I don't want any TV ever again. 
<laughs> my very old TV doesn't have motion smoothing as an option. I know I'm safe. It doesn't even have HD as an option. Yes, it does. I just barely never bought the cables. Oh my god. I don't care about HD. Shut oh up. Oh my god. Oh my so, god. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, tell me about this 88 minute hellscape. So HBO thinks they're really fucking clever. And this episode was over 80 minutes long. Because you know what people are looking for in a pilot? Something they can never escape. <laughs> so the deuce is about New York City and prostitution. And then this other guy who I couldn't really figure out how he fit into the whole thing, other than, like, he worked in a bar and sometimes did gambling, I guess. Yeah, this takes place in the 70s. Yes. So it's 1970s New York City. Everything's crime and scary and, like, oh, my God. And, like, grimy and dirty. Yeah, like, the first thing you see is, excuse me, a, like, greasy man with long hair and, like, a 1970s pedo mustache and, like, an orange suit walking down the middle of a dirty New York street. Yeah. And that's, like, basically the tone of the show. So... It's following a few different pimps, and it's following several different prostitutes, including Maggie Gyllenhaal, who plays a prostitute named Candy, who doesn't have a pimp, so she's, like, a free agent. And, and she's, like, the saving grace of this whole pilot. Yeah. There's been a lot of writing about her character in this show, and, I mean, I, it was only the, the pilot, so I don't really care about any of them, so yeah. I didn't feel like she was as important as all the writing wanted her to be. But she definitely was the only thing I cared about. Right. Yeah, so that's the basic premise. There's not one but two James Francos in this. There are two James Francos. And I don't really understand who asked for that. Yeah, it's like they saw the parent trap. <laughs> They're or just switching us on brand. And they were like, you got two Candaces, we can get two James Francos. <laughs> but on a related note, how... Have we as a culture not gotten over James Franco? I don't know. I don't. It I like don't get it. distresses me. I really am. I'm done. I've been done for a long time. I never was on board. Yeah. Yeah. I just am done. I don't want it. There's several things actually in the show that I'm done with. One is James Franco. The other <laughs> is men. <laughs> I'm just like, I just thought you were going to have this rant for a few, uh, coming up pilot, but... No, it came up a lot in this year's Pilot Palooza, spoiler alert. I'm just, like, really sick of men right now. And particularly, like, prestige greasy crime men that, like, prestige TV really likes for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why television is in a, is in a place right now where they're really into, like, grease balls in the 70s, but, like... I don't care how many cigarettes you smoke or how misogynistic you are. I will never find you sympathetic. Yeah. And I was interested in this because I love The Wire. Oh, sure. And this is made by that guy whose name I can't remember now. Yep. Who made The Wire. David Simon. Yep. So I was interested and it didn't feel quite the same. It felt like it was trying a little too hard. Yeah. I wrote down a note that said, is this what it felt like to watch vinyl? <laughs> Which was also bad. <laughs> like, I it just wasn't for me. The intro was as legit as The Wires, but that's pretty much where the comparison stopped for yeah, me. Yeah. I do see how it is focusing on systems because that's his favorite game. Right. This is just not the system I really think I want to learn more about. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. 
I had a hard time with it in that sense because some like fringe writers, not anyone we follow, but like some writers have posted some material about like how this show does feminism and whatever. And like, that's a criticism you can make. It's not a criticism that I'm interested in. Yeah. Because this is not a genre or subject matter that I personally find compelling. That's my own issue. But like, like I wrote at one point in my notes that while Maggie Maggie Gyllenhaal is the best part of the show, she doesn't save it from itself. And like a lot of the arguments that I've seen are that she does because she's such an incredible feminist icon in this like misogynistic male centric world. And I was like, all right, but I don't, I don't care. That doesn't work for me. It could have been framed differently, and it would have been a better story, probably. Yeah. But also, no pilot is good enough that I want to watch it for 88 minutes. No. No, that's, like, maybe some season two shit. Yeah. That is not, like, you've never met any of these people, now let's spend all of your day with them. Right. And... To cap off my feelings about the deuce, in case we were counting, there were three actual dicks pictured <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> I only counted one, so I'm glad that you were keeping track. I was. I had to have something to get me through. Kudos for them, or to them, for full frontal male nudity. If they're not going to do it in Game of Thrones, they might as well do it elsewhere. <laughs> I was wondering, though... This is, like, very HBO in a lot of different ways, the episode length not being, like, <laughs> the worst of them somehow. Right. But I was wondering, like, so there's a lot of really small, horrible things that happen to women constantly in this, which I feel like negates any potential feminist argument you can make. Yep. And I was thinking, like, does every producer at HBO have to bring a tally of atrocities against women as part of their, like, pitch package? Like, in this script, we're going to do 95 horrible things to women. Right. But then one man will feel bad about something. Yes. Yeah, and then we'll have, like, one woman who's kind of doing okay, even though we're mean to her. Yeah. 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 So. (laughs) We'll do rankings at the end, but generally, would you keep watching? Hard pass. (laughs) Fair. How about you? I'm, I'm good. (laughs) I'll keep reading about it if people keep writing about it, but I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> Pilot Palooza number two. Number two is one of the most highly anticipated shows we've ever done. Yeah, I was really excited when it got picked. And that is The Low Files. <laughs> Thank you, Appointment Television, for telling us that this show exists. Yes. If you want to get a full rundown of this show. They have a great episode all about it. Yes. Tell us about it, Kelsey. So The Low Files is an A&E reality production where Rob Lowe and his two sons, and in this episode, Shaman John. (laughs) Good old Shaman John. (laughs) Go ghost hunting in various spooky places. And I don't think it's only ghosts. I think it's other things like Bigfoot and shit. Yeah, they dabble in cryptozoology. (laughs) Yeah, all the fun fun stuff. (laughs) It's Rob Lowe just is like, I want to spend more time with my college-age sons. And so they go on these little road trips and do adventures. And that's literally all that happens. <laughs> whole show, they just sit in Rob Lowe's truck and drive places. And sometimes they get out of the truck and entire small towns lose their minds because Rob Lowe is there. So can we full stop and talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we can. 
So at one point, they pull over on their road trip because Rob Lowe wants donuts. Apparently Rob Lowe eats non-fucking-stop. And all I wanted after watching this part was the show where Rob Lowe rates donut shops. (laughs) (laughs) Because he walks in at, like, in the middle of the afternoon and there's, like, four donuts left. And he's like, well, this is kind of shabby. Like, what do you mean? There's only a couple to choose from. And he's so put out by it. It was so funny. I love it. And then at the end... They include a clip of a news segment about his visit to the donut shop. For <laughs> the no anchors reason. all take turns guessing what kind of donut he got. It's like there was no reason in this story that they had to put that in. But I'm so glad they did. So, my backstory with this is that, as usual, I accidentally watched half of the wrong episode. Oh, yeah. Before. Before I found the right one. I don't know why I do this. But I watched the season finale before the pilot, and the season finale was like a clip show. Oh, no. And so the the donut (laughs) stop is not even the only time this season that this happens. Oh, no. (laughs) It's always the same setup. Like, Rob Lowe needs food, so Rob Lowe goes to somewhere According to the clip show, it looked like fast food restaurants to get food, and then small towns lose their mind. <laughs> the show did confirm to me that his character in Parks and Rec is not that far off. No, they're basically the same person. He is batshit crazy. <laughs> but he's, like, just as crazy as you would want him to be. Right. Right. I mean that with all the love in the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he ever, like, did anything bad to women and we find out about it by the time this comes out. Well... There is actually some awkward history there, but it wasn't really his fault. Okay. <laughs> we can talk offline. If you're saying that, I believe. It happened in the 90s. It was a whole thing. Oh, boy. Anyway. Anywho, so in this episode, they went to, like, an old boys, like, it was like a boarding school, but for delinquent boys. It was like a reformatory. Yeah, yeah. Place. And it's, like, mega haunted and a woman was murdered there or something. There were reenactments. They paid for those. Yes! Yeah, they super did. (laughs) So they bring Shaman John along, and there's some really good quotes, such as Rob Lowe bragging about having a shaman, and he says, no one has brought a shaman, meaning, like, to this site. There's also quotes like, I've already texted the shaman. (laughs) Well, so he's on the phone with his wife, and his wife is concerned that they're all going to get possessed. So she says this to him, and he says, I promise the shaman will be there to protect us from being possessed. (laughs) Never mind that they met Shaman John at Big Sur. (laughs) No! And he's talking to his kids and he's like, yeah, you remember the shaman that mom and I met at Big Sur? No, no, Um, (laughs) And then at one point, Shaman John is in the reformatory with them. It's like almost nightfall. They're like getting their gear ready. And he's talking some nonsense about frankincense and myrrh. And one of... (laughs) It's so fucking funny. One of his sons says, is that why in the Bible they brought Jesus frankincense and myrrh? And Shaman John says, yes, to protect him. And what he meant was from being possessed by spirits. (laughs) And, like, I don't know. I have a very limited scope of knowledge of, like, anything to do with Jesus. But that was just, that was buck wild. (laughs) That was a claim I'd never heard before. Yeah. 
at one point shaman john goes to do like an exorcism of a room <laughs> or he like goes to cleanse the room and he's like spraying his frankincense and myrrh everywhere <laughs> starts to talk to the spirits and he's like please leave this space and find healing and cleanse yourself in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and I was like I think we're all over the place right now they go outside to talk to the spirits because they think it wants to be cleansed and he starts with this thing like that and he goes oh they want the Christian version and he does it references his shamanic training and I was like where the fuck do you go for shamanic training (laughs) I'm not trying to yak anybody's young if any of you out there are shaman like that is so cool it was just you're probably more legit than shaman John (laughs) just a lot going on there so basically it's just like silly it's so silly they prank each other at one point. Yeah. They all get very excited about various ghost gear, doing ghost things. Yeah, my only issue was that it was so long. It is like, long. Like, I thought it could have been a 30-minute whimsical adventure instead of an hour-long, like, dragged-out thing where they sit in the dark for half of it. I think the problem is they front-load it with a lot of, like, Rob Lowe and his sons have fun together. That's the show I kind of want, though. I don't know. That's the part I could have done without. Because then when they're actually ghost hunting, it's still like, Rob Lowe and his sons have fun, but ghost hunting now. (laughs) In the beginning, it was a bunch of clips of Rob Lowe not knowing how to drive a truck. (laughs) Yeah, his parking. (laughs) Like, I don't know which clip show I need, you know? I did want to just commend the production value on their intro, though. Yes. I pointed that out, too. so aggressive. I said it was magic. It was. The only other thing that stood out to me, and I just feel a moral obligation at this point to point this out, his younger son, the one who always sits in the back, never fucking wears his seatbelt. Rob Lowe, Uh make your kid put on his goddamn seatbelt. I dare you to tweet at him and say that you're a seatbelt expert. I thought, (laughs) I literally wrote in all caps in my notes, multiple seatbelt safety violations. (laughs) These fuckers are, like, driving through the desert, like, off-roading, and he's not even wearing a seatbelt. Wear your goddamn seatbelts, people. It should rest squarely on your collarbone and your hip bone. Oh, boy. Just saying. Oh, boy. (laughs) Sometimes in the middle you don't have that shoulder one. Well, no. But he, like, he did. Because there was one time where he did wear it, and it was, like, the full thing. All right. I was like, okay, so you're just being a tool. I just want to picture, like... When they go back to school in the fall and they're like, what did you do on your summer vacation? <laughs> oh, I just went ghost hunting with my dad, Rob Lowe, and Shaman John. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what? Although, if you're Rob Lowe's kid and you're at college, there's no way your life is normal anyway. That's true. Right? Like, you don't just blend in if you're Rob Lowe's kid. That's probably true. They seemed, like, fairly normal, though. Yeah. More normal than Rob Lowe. I also realized, I think when I was sending you a slack message about this that when you talk about the low family you call them the lows <laughs> and it's like the story <laughs> and picturing rob low in a lows is really funny to me oh my god i feel like he'd just touch everything he would 
like, guys, I found this new ghost hunting equipment. And they'd be like, that's a leaf blower. <laughs> oh, it'd be so beautiful. It would. So, would you watch this again? Um, I'm torn. I don't know that I would watch it again, but I may watch the clip show. <laughs> yeah, the clip show was pretty good, I'm not gonna lie. Like, that might be all of the low files that I need. Yeah, I don't think I'd, like, seek it out, but you know how every once in a while you don't want to watch anything at all? It's sort of like, I mean, you can do this, I can't. Like, if I was scrolling through channels and I just found something and didn't feel like touching the button anymore, that would be the thing I would watch. Yeah. That's how I feel about the low files. I am really glad that I watched it. Yes, me too. No regrets. Me too. So, I don't know. Ghost hunting shows aren't totally my thing anyway, though, so I don't know. They're not my thing either, so. That's why I really want the donut shop one. Like, call (laughs) me when that happens. (laughs) Just a reality show of people losing their minds over Rob Lowe. Right. What is next? Next is our third pilot, which is Halt and Catch Fire. And a little caveat here. I bent the rules for Pilot Palooza this year because I saw this when it first aired, which was long enough ago that I didn't really remember it. So I decided it was okay to cast it back into the hat. Yep. And this one was like fairly important too because um, our friends over at Appointment Television are so obsessed with it. And like a lot of other critics are too. But in particular, they are. I think it's just Catherine. Well, but they all support her in her endeavor. So. Sure. Just make it a team effort. But, like, when they did their Patreon thing, Catherine's thing was that she'd recommend a show for you, and in all of her emails, she would be like, well, I'm not going to recommend Halt and Catch Fire, but... So, it was important. We had to do it. So, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. This show is about men and computers in the 90s. Or the 80s. Wow. (laughs) I think we know how Kirstie feels. (laughs) The show is about a, uh, like... A mix between the guy from um, White Gold and Don Draper. Smush them together and make him a computer nerd. That is for sure. And another computer nerd. And a computer nerd chick. And a computer nerd chick, who I'm actually here for. I like her. And the guy's wife, who's also somewhat of a computer nerd. Yes. Her, I like. If the show was just about those two women, I could have made an exception for it. But as I said with the deuce, I'm so sick and tired of, like, greasy, crimey men. And this guy is, like, literally a salesman, and he's that horrible Don Draper-White-Gold combination, so he's, like, the sleaziest of grease balls. And, like, I'm sick of you playing God and drinking whiskey. Is he hot or tall? I'm not even convinced he's all that tall, but he's definitely only tall. <laughs> if those are my two choices. It's just curious. <laughs> He's so greasy. Yeah, he's fine. He was gross, and I hated him. So there's, like, him, and he's dominating this, like, cowardly computer nerd who once had an idea for, like, a very groundbreaking computer. So the sleazy guy wants him to build this special computer, but they can't because of IBM and Apple. And so they steal a bunch of intellectual property and do it anyway. And now they're going to get sued. I'm going to give the show the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Because when it came out, if I recall correctly, it was like the end of Mad Men, the end of Breaking Bad, and AMC was peeing their pants <laughs> trying to find something else sure. that would like scratch that same image. And they dropped this, and it was clearly, clearly, clearly trying to f- 
like be the same yeah. as those. Be the the weird AMC brand they had for a hot second there. Yeah. And my hope, since it just ended this this year, is that it came into its own and became something better. I mean, I might have made it up because of wishful thinking, but I have a memory of Catherine saying something along those lines that it like took yeah, it a minute to catch a stride. It wouldn't surprise me. I would be willing to keep watching it. I think it had some things that were interesting enough, but I do understand why you would be averse to it. I'm just so sick of men. I'm so sick of them. And I'm so sick of men who are married to women that are too fucking good for them. Like the computer nerd's wife is like... Yeah, she is too good for him. She's this incredible woman. She's a wonderful mother. She's super supportive. She's also crazy smart and helped him build this like groundbreaking computer. And then he like runs around and lies to her and puts them in debt and then gets himself sued. And she's like, it's okay, honey. Chase your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I'm sick of men. Like, do it better. Do it better, men. (laughs) Um, I don't know. (laughs) I'm willing to give it a chance. I am. But I understand. I might watch more of it. I feel compelled to, but it's long, and there's a lot of seasons at this point, and, like, life is short, and there's a lot of content, but I feel like it's something I should keep working through. I have enough faith in the two, like, female leads that I've seen Yeah, that they could do something interesting along the lines of what they've done on Better Call Saul with the female right. lead on that show. I think they could do something there. Definitely the programmer chick is on a really promising trajectory. Yeah. And, like, right out of the gate, she was an impressive character. They didn't have to, like, build her up. They were just like, boom, this chick is great. Right. On a side note, because we're still hot for Adam Driver, (laughs) she was in a movie, like, paired with him. Oh, yeah. That I saw, and it was just a lot happening all at once. I'm sure. (laughs) Just wanted to to give you that mental Did they bone? sure did okay <laughs> there you go right <laughs> uh, you want to go on to number four number four was that younger mm-hmm. so younger is on the list um because margaret lyons and Catherine van Dunk both like it and margaret too i think the other margaret mm-hmm. um, margaret wilson but specifically, when I got my Patreon email from ATV, Catherine suggested the show for me. So she did. I definitely had to watch it because Catherine told me specifically, based on who I am as a person, that I should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so Younger is about a woman who is in her 40s and she was a stay-at-home mom for a long time and now she's getting divorced and she's trying to get her career back. And she had had, like, a start of a career in publishing. So she's trying to get back to it, discovers that that's very difficult, and that the only way she's going to make it in a magazine is if she pretends to be 26. I've known that this was the premise all along, so I have been skeptical of it all along. <laughs> been, like, straight up refusing. For two reasons. One, I, this, like, fake in your age thing, I don't know. I don't know. But the other thing... I don't know if this came out during rom-com education, but I have a real pet peeve for plots about women in publishing. Yeah, yeah. Just, 
women do other things too, guys. I was most hesitant when I started it and saw that it was a show on TV land. (laughs) Okay, I didn't know it was on TV land. That is hilarious. I like that. Um, I mean, they did okay. I didn't like either of these shows, but critically, they did okay with Hot in Cleveland and Cougar Town. Supposedly. Cougar Town was on ABC. Though. Oh, was it? They yeah. played it on TV. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so other bonus of the show that I did not know going into it is that Hillary Duff is in it. <laughs> yeah, I was her. way more okay with it than I thought I would be. <laughs> I was not because her name is Kelsey. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but she's a blonde millennial. Like, fuck off. <laughs> not all of us can have names no one can pronounce. <laughs> I'm just saying. There were a lot of you in the 90s. Listen. <laughs> <sighs> There's also a Sursac in this show. There is. Her daughter is one. Her daughter, like, shows up wearing a bindi and no one talks about it. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. For those of you who aren't in on our <laughs> acronyms, <laughs> a Sursac is a self-righteous study abroad kid. You should have learned that if you listened to Nerdication. I'm just trying to help out the new listeners. <laughs> just saying. Sometimes I don't have time to go through our back catalog. <sighs> Are you even really a fan, then? Oh my god. So, I liked it. What? In a lukewarm kind of way. Alright. Like I'm surprised. I suppose the more accurate way to say it is that I didn't hate it. Alright. I mean, what Catherine told me in the email that she sent me was that it would not be, like, great television, but that it was really good. I had specified that I need, like, knitting television. Yeah. And so she had said it's, like, really good to just have on and, like, do stuff while you're watching it. Yeah, that I can see. And I'm okay with that. I don't think I actually have enough of that kind of content in my life because so much of my watching is purpose-driven because I'm usually, like, on assignment for this podcast. Yeah. So I, like, don't hate it for that purpose. I'm not sure it's, like, for me. Yeah, this isn't what I would choose, I don't think, for that type of, like, hole to fill. Yeah, I like to sit down and knit. I would do, like the Mindy project that has been my go-to for sitting down and knitting yeah. lately. Like, but I would, like, like I'd put it on a laptop on my kitchen counter while I was, like, doing dishes or mopping or something. Yeah. Like, let it make noise in the background. It wasn't as cringy as I thought it would have been, for what that's worth. Yeah. No, the, the only things that made it cringy for me is there's all these jokes where she, like, doesn't understand the lingo. Yeah. Like, the kids are too cool for her. And it was, like, she's in her 40s. She's not Amish. Right, right. You know, like, there are plenty of mid-40-year-olds who know how to work Google Calendar. Yeah. And, like, have heard slang before. (laughs) They know what Twitter is. They know what Twitter is. Yeah, she gets told she has to set up a Twitter, and she literally Googles how to set up a Twitter account. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, like, that was the kind of stuff that got to me for the most part. Also... Let's not perpetuate the stereotype that the office admins run the Twitter accounts. Thank you, TV yeah. Land. Yeah, at a magazine of that size, you're right. Like, that would not be happening that way. 
No. Also, the other cringy scene for me was when she goes to the gym with the girls. And oh, yeah. <laughs> when she undresses in the locker room, everyone makes fun of her for having pubic hair. And it's like, oh, yeah. no one has pubic hair now. And it was just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's an early 2000s stereotype, not like a right now stereotype. Yeah, that's fair. That was just like a lot. It, se- it <laughs> seemed like it was perpetuating things it didn't need to perpetuate, I guess. Yeah. Yep. It was like an unnecessary addition. But yeah, it was like, the one thing I appreciated about it is that it was like unapologetically girly. Mm-hmm. Which sounds stupid, after, but... After all those men. <laughs> after all those men. I'm just sick of men. But there's also a thing where, like, a lot of women-centric media tries to avoid being, like, too feminine. Yeah. So, but this this one, like, embraces it. So uh, Hillary Duff has this whole thing about Taylor Swift at one point. And it's, it's all just, like, unapologetically everything it is. There's a makeover scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's silly. It clearly doesn't take itself too seriously, which I was worried about. Yeah. So that's good. I'm, like, so lukewarm about it. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Like, it's allowed to keep being on TV. Yeah. I'm not offended by it. I would also totally bone that guy. (laughs) Her love interest. Really? Yeah. Doesn't feel like your type of bone target. Like, once. All right. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Like, hit it and quit it. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, he's cute. I'm into oh, him. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Lukewarm response for younger. Yeah. You ready watch, for number five? Maybe. Let's move on to number fucking five. Oh, God. <laughs> it's uh, your turn. We watched the formerly ABC Family, now Freeform program, Switched at Birth. <laughs> Because Kiersey did that to us. <laughs> it was on <laughs> Margaret Lyons' um, top ten for 2017 in her in the watching newsletter. Oh God! It made it into her list, so I was like, Margaret Lyons likes it, and it's on brand for us. <laughs> Is it? Well, you know, hashtag yeah, winning. I know. I know. <laughs> we had two Candaces. We had two Lindsays. I know. We had two James Francos. We had two James Francos. <laughs> now we get this. Now we've got this. So the premise of this show that they just dive the fuck into and waste no time. <laughs> waste not a second. Is that this chick is like, I don't feel like I fit in in my family. And then they do blood tests at school for science. Whose who science lab is blood tests? Like, self-blood test. Yeah, I don't think it's that simple. No. Uh, and she's like, my blood type doesn't match with my parents. And then that escalates very quickly into <laughs> she's not their daughter, and the hospital switched her and some other baby when they were born. <laughs> and that's before the, like, credits in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, that's all just the cold open. And then they meet her switched person. <laughs> I was going to say sister, and I'm like, that's wrong. This isn't the parent trap. Yeah, so they meet her and her mom, and there's, like, just contentious, weird juju between the two families for the rest of the episode. And there's a whole deal because the other chick is deaf, and there's a lot of learning about, like, what does that mean 
because mm-hmm. I am a white man. Like, that happens. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of men I'm sick of, I wanted to fire her father. This the worst so, man. Oh my God, the worst. Out of all of the shows we've watched, and we watched a show about pimps. I would take both James Francos. Yes. I would take every James Franco over yes. this this guy. This fucker. Yes. Oh, God. There was, like, a whole, like, thing where he just stood in the street and learned about sounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, he took note of all the sounds around him, and it was, like, so bad. Well, so then he, like, goes to the the other kid's mother's house and, like, barges through the door and is like, Implants! Yeah. It's, like, and the most like, aggressive thing I've ever seen. He mansplains, like, deafness <laughs> so aggressively. Oh my god. And he's already, like, they've literally known each other for about 24 hours, and he's already going on, like, she's my daughter, I just want what's best for her. Oh yeah. Uh, full on. Full on. Oh yeah. And then the other chick is, like, a, like, rebellious teenager, and she is Demon April from Gilmore Girls, so that does not bode well for anyone. <laughs> She is edgy because she gets a nose piercing and runs away. And she also does graffiti. And then when they drive by it with her, in her mom's car, she's like, I wonder who does those drawings. And it's like, <laughs> okay, who did the dicks? Who did the dicks? Who did the dicks? <laughs> we already saw this show. <laughs> also, her name is Bay. Yeah. Presumably B-A-Y. But, but her name is Bay. <laughs> I don't know why her name is Bay. I don't either. But that's and then she's that's like, her... why do I have this stupid name? That's her God-given first name. <laughs> Bay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened to the show. So there's lots yeah. of awkward stuff because like Bay's family is super rich. Yeah. And she like grew up in a mansion. And also feels the need to be a rebellious dick about it. But then yep. the other chick, Daphne, I finally yep. remembered her name. Um, she grew up with a single mother in, like, a quote-unquote bad part of town. And so there's, like, there the show is trying to do, like, socioeconomic diversity. And they do it real bad. They do it so bad. They do it really very bad, bad, bad. And then there's, like, this whole awkward thing... That's supposed to be, like, parents learning to deal with other people's parenting choices. Yeah. And that they also do that bad. Can we talk about the one bright shining light in this whole show? <laughs> yes. Alba was here! Alba was here, and it, like, shocked me to my core. She walked out of the house in her first scene, <laughs> I and I was know. like, where am I? Well... <laughs> because she's playing the same role. Yes, she's playing basically Alba from Jane the Virgin, but she speaks English. There was one point where they spoke Spanish, and I was looking for the subtitles, and they weren't there. There were none! I was really upset. There was no, like, narrator. Like, nothing helped me. No. Mostly I was just surprised because, I mean, I know everybody's gotta got to get work, but, like... It just seems below her station. Well, my hope is that she dropped this show like a sack of potatoes the second she could be on Jane the Virgin. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be interested to look at the timeline of how those interacted. Like, over. Like, I hope she fucked them over, because the show yeah. is bad. Yeah. It's... Well, I was doing some reading about it while I was watching it, and I think it's still on the air. And, like... It is. People write about it a lot. It's, like, not a disliked show. I know, and I don't understand. <laughs> I'm I'm baffled in a thousand different ways by it. But, yeah, people the don't is like. It. Is like teenage girls. Right. And when I was a teenage girl, I watched like One Tree Hill. Uh huh. Which was different than this. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is trying to be wholesome. Yeah. And in a weird way. It's not. There's also some uh, switched at Christmas shit going on where they're both like having romantic tension with like people yeah. from each other's lives. Yeah. So there's already like this love triangle being formed between Bay. And, like, Daphne's friend and Daphne's neighbor. Yeah. And then Daphne and, like, someone, oh, Bay's ex-boyfriend, had, like, a meet-cute. Yep. And then it almost seemed like there was supposed to be something happening with Toby, who's who would be her biological brother. Yeah. It was all very I'm... strange. It's very strange. And at the end of it, Daphne's mother is about to lose her house, so they just have her move into a, like, three-story guest house on their property. So now they all live together in a compound. Yeah. (laughs) It's bad. It's really bad. It's not good. No. And it's got the network, like, family drama problem of being, like, so heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, every episode is a very special episode, I'm assuming. Yes. Every scene is a very special episode. <laughs> You're right. It's like, how fucking much, like, life lesson can we pack into this moment? Right. It's a lot. Ugh. I would not ever watch another episode of this show. No. I would love to never touch this ever again. Right. So... Which brings us to a grand total of, like, all of the shows from Pilot Palooza. Oh. <laughs> But let's move on to number six, because I watched almost all of these last night, and I woke up this morning, and there was one show I wanted to keep watching. Oh my god. I'm so- I have been, like, waiting to talk <laughs> to you about this. I'm so fucking excited. This is, like, the, the- this is so exciting. I'm so excited right now. I can't even form words. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm so... Christy, what did we watch? I'm so excited that that was your reaction to it, too. Oh, my God. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm losing my shit over here. Um, so, the last show that we watched this year, this year was Outlander. Yeah. So, Outlander has been billed for a long time as the feminist alternative to Game of Thrones. Yep. I've been told this by so many people who, like, years ago were trying to get me out of Game of Thrones, and were like, if you need that, watch Outlander. Yeah. There's been a ton of writing about it this season because of, like, some of the plot lines that have been happening and, like, whatever. So it's been, like, a big deal on Twitter this year. I've been hesitant to watch it because I knew it involved time travel. Yep. And I also, in spite of my love for Game of Thrones, I have a very limited appetite for fantasy. Right. So other than the time travel, I didn't know, like, how much fantasy we were going to get into. So I was like, this is maybe not for me. Right. And then I remembered that there are, to my knowledge, this is the only show, actually, that has knitting patterns to accompany it. Yes. 
<laughs> so all signs point to us being exactly the target demo for our show. <laughs> by, by the time, so you, there's a cold open and then there's an intro. And by the time we got through the intro and it's just like pagans dancing in the woods, I was like, yes, I am the target demo for this. <laughs> I was very on the fence about whether it was too Lord of the Rings for uh-huh. me or not. And I still haven't decided, but I absolutely want to watch more. So I think the first like ten minutes were a roller coaster for me as trying to predict it your like how much you would like it. Because there's the cold <laughs> open, which is just what it is. It's like her monologuing about the war. And then the intro is pagans dancing in the woods. Yep. And then she and her husband go and hang out in Scotland. And talk about ghost stories. And then, boy, do they get it on. (laughs) (laughs) They do. And I was like... My notes were like, boning alert, aggressive boning, more boning. (laughs) So much boning. And then they start going on, like, field trips around Scotland. And she's just like, let's roll, baby. Like, I understand what everyone has said about this show being, like, the epitome of the feminist gaze, female gaze. It's like, wait, what? Yes. I have never seen boning like that boning on television. I know. I know. I haven't either. It was, it's so legit. I'm so here for Claire. I want Claire to get laid in every episode. Yeah, she has to. Is that part of what we signed up for? It seems to be so far. I mean, she only got laid in the first half of the episode and then she gets separated from her husband. But, based... but that's not going to be the only time she gets laid. Yeah, I mean, based on the romantic tension between her and, like, the... He's not a Viking. The Scotsman guy. Yeah. I really want them to bone. I'm rooting for they're, them. They're going to bone. I mean, I want her to be faithful to her husband, but that's not going to happen. So, speaking of these two men, <laughs> let's do hot or tall for both of them. Um, okay. I, oddly enough, I'm kind of into her husband. I don't know why. He's not tall. He's definitely not tall. He seems to be of average height. Yeah. But I was kind of into him, which was unexpected. I'm less into him than I wanted to be. Fair. He just seemed nice. He is nice, but he just, like, I don't know. He also seemed like he was very good at his job, which is the boning. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm just saying. is very hot. He's very hot. I am very here for the Scotsman. Oh, God. Yes. I think he might also be tall, as it so happens. Could be. I haven't really gotten a gauge yet. No. He's usually on a horse, so it's hard to tell. But he's good. He's very good. I made it all the way to the end of my notes before I just ended the episode and said, oh no, I want everyone to bone. (laughs) I knew you would. Because I had this moment, I said it to you on Slack, I had this moment of like, shit, I want someone to bone. (laughs) It happened. You guys, you who've been with us for a few episodes know that I have had a strict no boning policy. (laughs) <laughs> not anymore we broke you Alander <laughs> broke me I want everyone to bone well because Ugh. Claire is getting it the way Claire wants she sure is it's like legit mm-hmm. Claire is an empowered woman yeah I love Claire she's so great 
I want to take a hot second to admire the colorist for this show, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be taken a step away from the boning, but <laughs> they do work, and it is awesome. Serious work. There was, like, a couple scenes where they just pull, it, like, one color and everything else is a little monotone. Uh-huh. And that's real neat. And then what really blew my mind was she's walking around these, like, stone, it's like a Stonehenge thing. It's a whole deal yeah. with the pagans. And she's, like, um, it's, like, kind of a gray day out and it's a little monotone or, like, desaturated. Uh-huh. And then she goes back to a, an undefined time in the, like, 17th century and suddenly, like, the whole world is bright and colorful. Yep. It's the same exact place. And I was like, wow. It's a visually stunning show. Yeah. They do so much work. It is spectacular. It's one of those shows that where, like, you can see the craftsmanship at every layer. Which, after I... watching Hallmark for, like, two months, <laughs> it's a shock to the system. Also, sorry, we just unceremoniously ended Hallmark Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were supposed to do, like, a whole, like, bind-off of Hate yeah, Watch Hallmark just... that didn't happen. We couldn't. It's fine. You guys, you guys were there. You, you got the gist. Yeah. What else? I'd have more feelings about it. Her 40s wardrobe is great. Oh, yes. Yes. Flawless. Flawlessly (laughs) executed. And they do period detail really well where it's not like, it's not like Mad Men or The Crown where it's this over the top, like rich world building where it just looks like West Elm vomited on them. Yeah. But they, it's like what life would have been like. In the 40s in particular. Um, So they do really beautiful period detail. It's really subdued and subtle. Yeah, they're not, like, calling out, like, how weird is this? There's no electricity. Right. And, like, so they stay at this bed and breakfast, and when you walk in, it's not like every piece of furniture is the most of its time. It's all, like, average furniture like you would find in a podunk bed and breakfast. The time travel is a little out there for me. I agree. But so were the pagans. <laughs> the pagans I could deal with, actually. That was, like, the pagans and the ghost stories were, like, just the right amount of fringe. Mm-hmm. It's the time travel I'm struggling with. But we also had the same fear going into Jane the Virgin. Yeah. And I think there has to come a point where you're just, like... You have to just get on board, even when you're not ready. <laughs> yeah. And similarly to Jane the Virgin... The rest of the plot is so rich that it doesn't lean on the time travel. The time travel is, like, just the vehicle. Yeah. So it's not like... I mean, I'm assuming in later episodes it's not like we're going to be talking about the time travel nonstop. No. We spend a lot of time on, like, the details of the present. I would imagine that, like, going back to real life is, like, the force that drives her, but then it's like, oh, no, because there's another hot man here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, like, gonna be Raphael and Michael all over again. Uh, R.I.P. I I don't know if my heart is quite ready for that journey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to toughen up a little bit. (laughs) The only other thing that, like, didn't work for me, that I think is probably gonna change over time, is that this was adapted from a book series. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of voiceover narration. Yep. I'm assuming that... As they go, they're going to, like, find their stride with that. And that this needed, like, more exposition because of it's the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the intro song? Yes. <laughs> it was just, like, the most everything of what was happening. 
I like was not ready, and I was I was like really hesitant about this show, and then I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> well, because from from like the cold open where they're going to Scotland, and this innkeeper is telling ghost stories, it doesn't seem like it's going to be like straight up pagans. Yeah. And then you get the intro, and it's like, oh, hello. And the song is like straight up Scottish, it's like Highlander, like yeah, it is. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh my. Decent tone setting, though. I understand why Lion Brand was like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to find some alpaca wool and hunker down with some knitting. <laughs> that should actually be our first official Hate Watch Knitting Circle. I know, we did talk about that before. Yeah, we should actually do that. So I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Yeah, I'm really salty because we're going to have to make a fucking Hate Watch Stars account. I know. For like a month and cram it uh-huh. and get rid of it. Yeah, I'm not getting enough Google surveys to keep doing this on Google Play. No, it's like eight ninety nine a month. Yeah. It's not on its last season, is it? I don't think so. In that sense, it would be ideal. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. This is also one I feel like I'm going to have to watch alone. Yes. <laughs> so Kelsey was isolated in a random condo this weekend. It's a whole it's thing. It's a long story. Um, and... There was a snowstorm, to be clear. <laughs> no, she wasn't just kidnapped and brought to a condo. Right. <laughs> Although you kind of were. Anyway, we were prepping for Pilot Palooza, and she specifically asked if this was something <laughs> she could watch in the condo. <laughs> I'm glad I did not. Yeah. I'm also, like, very curious what men think about this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to spend some time with the male audience for the show. Because I know they're out there. Yeah, if you're out there. Yeah, hit us up. Because it's, it's just such a different approach. Yeah. It is, like, a thousand percent a different experience to watch a Game of Thrones, even though there's still armies fighting and violence and blood and gore and death and sex. Yeah. It's completely different. I wrote down that this was the Game of Thrones we deserve. Yes. It absolutely is. I actually think, because we're going to finish Outlander, obviously, before Game of Thrones comes out in 2497. Yeah. So I actually feel like it's going to make it harder to go back to watching Game of Thrones. That's probably true. (laughs) This is the Game of Thrones we've always deserved. And fuck you, stars, for being the ones to produce it. I know. So rude. Does stars make any other shows? Uh, they made Spartacus. Oh, yikes. Which I had a relationship with. I guess I can finally watch that for this podcast. Oh my god! You can watch Spartacus! Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, we could do it when I... Okay, I had an idea. Oh, good. Is that, we'll talk about is that the end of that? <laughs> I was going to say we could watch it when I come visit you. Oh, I don't think we should do that. (laughs) I don't either. I kind of regret it. (laughs) Our husbands would never forgive us. I know. Lauren's already been exposed to a lot of Spartacus. I don't think he would ever allow it to happen again. (laughs) Oh, no. I loved Spartacus for what it's worth. It's really off-brand for me. Oh, boy. But I loved it. I gotta shut this down. Shut you down. (laughs) Talk about boning. Spartacus is ready for you. Okay, let's do a ranking of this year's shows. Do you want to go first? Probably Outlander. 
The Low Files, Younger, Halt and Catch Fire, The Deuce, and Switch to Birth. Interesting. Uh-huh. Mine is a little different, but close. Yeah. So I also start with Outlander, Halt and Catch Fire, oh. Younger, The Low Files, The Deuce, and Switch to Birth. Yeah, interesting how different the success rate was between Pilot Palooza of last year and Pilot Palooza of this year. Yeah, but I think when we ended Pilot Palooza, like I wasn't totally convinced I was going to keep watching Jane the Virgin. It took me a few months. Oh, I knew. I was already sold on it. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be as important to me as it is, but I knew it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, I'm going to probably watch two shows out of this, so I wouldn't say it's a failure. No, it's not a failure. It's just a very different lineup than last year, which is kind of the beauty of Pilot Palooza. Right. I mean, the thing that I think is underappreciated about pilots is that they're the start of a journey, right? Yep. So we watched all these pilots last year and now are in a very different place with the shows we kept up with. And because we did it this way, we have like a point in time reference for these specific shows that you don't usually have when you watch a pilot and then binge the season. Mm -hmm. So I do think it'll be interesting to like come back next year and do this retrospective again. Yeah. And next year we might self-impose a role that pilots could not be more than an hour long. Oh my god. (laughs) Every pilot we picked except for Younger was like a full hour or more. Ugh, it was aggressive. It was grueling. Well, I think that's also reflective of what was in the hat because we also had like Fargo in there. Yeah. Which is a long show. I remember what else we had. I put Search Party in for the second year in a row. (laughs) We still haven't gotten to search party. I'm just going to watch it this year. I'm not going to wait any longer. Yeah, no, we should just watch it this year. I got to the summer, and, like, there were a couple shows that I put off on purpose. Yeah. Because, like, Outlander was free on uh, Comcast for a little while, and I was going to watch it, and I was like, nope, I'm going to wait. I mean, that's the hard part about Pilot Palooza, is, like, there were other shows that I wanted to have on the list, but then you jumped the gun and started watching them. What did you want to watch? I, it was in the summer. Go back and look at Slack. I yelled at you about it. No, we can't search far, that far back. We talk too much. We have too many messages. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. So well, This was fun. That was fun. If you guys have any feelings about any of the pilots we talked about, or you have other pilots that you think that we should watch, um, or you've done anything like Pilot Palooza on your own, want to talk about what it's like to watch pilots, where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs and at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. You can also find us at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com with a lot of our other friends like Beer with Geeks and Supergirl TV Talk that may still be on. I think Krypton is coming back too. Yep, Krypton is coming back. That has a whole thing in front of it that I can never remember. There's also Academy Rewind, which is going to become probably pretty buzzworthy in the next few weeks because Oscar season is ramping up and i think that's it but i also want to give a shout out Mm -hmm. to our friend riley who gave us a great review on apple podcasts not the itunes store i would have called it that Uh, thank you so much for your kind words and if you haven't reviewed us yet and would like to we will also give you a shout out yeah we literally when that review went live We literally talked to each other in caps lock for like a long time. So if you would like to send us into a caps lock frenzy in our Slack channel, leave us a review. Yeah. And also thank you. It was very sweet and it really made our day and we appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back next week. We might have something else super special and retrospective and fun in store uh-huh. if we get our shit together. We will. By next week, <laughs> I'll have a desk I can actually sit behind. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> Fair enough. And on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hold on, guys. We're going to get there. I'm going to the work now because I fucked it up. <laughs>